Warning. 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 Trigger alert. She about to say some real shit. I, um... I'm getting some lung issues in these, uh... You told me. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm wear a respirator. I'm gonna wear a respirator. Poisoning yourself. I mean, how am I gonna get high? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, a headache. A quick headache. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. I don't know. I also think maybe I have, like, a little bit of cold mixed in with it. Okay. Maybe it's not all spray paint. <laughs> All this phlegm. Hi, Brad. You getting ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No. (laughs) It doesn't, um, it doesn't seem so Christmassy. Because Thanksgiving's late and we're not ready. Thanksgiving is really late this year. It was really late. It's usually like at least a week before the end of the uh, month, not just just a couple of days. I turned around and it was December. It was, yes. I literally turned around and it was December. Thanksgiving weekend like ended on December 1st. Like a Sunday was December 1st. Yeah. No, no, no. It was total gyp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like Manhattan's not looking so Christmassy to me. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's still, you know, mid-December. Maybe they'll really turn it on for like. You go to Midtown. I think you will. Oh yeah, maybe that's why I'm not. I'm not. I'm not heading Midtown. Right. I'm did in you, the, I mean, did you hear the, they like? They've got all this empty real estate in Midtown that they put. They hired somebody to put Christmas windows in because it wouldn't look so depressing. Well, like like on Fifth Avenue or something. Let's pay those artists. Yeah. I like to hear that. You can your buddy the mayor there. Um, I think he's responsible for that. Yeah. What are they going to do when every store is gone? <laughs> Like what is like just people work from like October to December, like filling empty empty uh, yeah, what, retail spots with with ugh. Christmas uh decorations yeah, how, but, how sad um, so do you know what my uh new year's resolution is uh wear a respirator well we yes wear a respirator and all the time not shop on amazon mm. really. I want to stop getting packages. Oh, that's smart. Um, I think it's wasteful. I think it's bad for the environment. I think it's um, giving money to this huge monopoly. This that's the richest man in the world. <laughs> literally wiping out like stores. And, you know, I was big into that like Amazon like pantry. Yeah. Especially if you live in an apartment in New York City. It's very helpful here. Right? Like, but I'm telling you, you're going to turn around and you're going to be like, I need a lemon. Oh, shit, I'm making this thing. I need a lemon. And I'm going to go to the store. And, and then the, the store's, store's going to be, be gone. Yeah. You know, in Europe, they like to, they like buy like their meat that they're going to cook and their vegetables and they pick up like a fresh right. loaf of bread and, and they, they don't like have like a stocked right. fridge, right? They have habits. That right. They, they have, they have like on. a different, they're right? Very they're very proud of them. Right. And it's like, it's kind of like to, from like farm to table more yeah. than it is here where like you're like, I got to stock up for the week. There was a friend of ours who was like, who works for one of the shoe companies and was doing business with, had like their French counterparts came over and they like stopped to grab a coffee 
like on the way to the, you know, he met him at their hotel or something and then swung by like a Starbucks to grab a coffee and, you know, turn around and was about to like, you know, okay, we'll drink these on the way to the office. And they're like, no, don't walk with coffee. (laughs) (laughs) They thought it was so vulgar. They're like, no, sit down, we'll sit, we'll sit. It's so he had to sit down with his like. Imagine running and eating at the and, same and, time, yeah. Eat and drink coffee, and then when they finished it, then they got up and left. They know how to live in Europe. So they fucking do. That's a, that's the problem. I mean, they're like, oh, it's five <laughs> they o'clock. Life. Like work is over, man. Oh, it's two o'clock. My daughter has a singing at school. I'm going. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, they do that shit. Yeah, they make time. What about in Spain when they go home and they like take a nap? <laughs> And then they like come back to work later. Like you're, they're like, listen to siesta. Or they, I gotta sleep. It's either a nap or a strike. You choose which you want. Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Brad? I never would be so foolish as to make a New Year's resolution. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to to stick to. I've never made a New Year's resolution. I usually don't either. I don't like to give up, okay? I don't like to give up anything. You don't you don't want you don't see anything in your day-to-day life that oh, you plenty. could do real like really use That's some tweaking. Problem. There's so much that I don't know where to start. <laughs> I can't even start with one. Like <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But speaking of resolutions, our, uh, our guest... Is resolute. He is right. He is full of resolve. Yeah, nice, nice transition. Very funny. He has the same name as a very like famous baseball player. Yeah. <laughs> so when you Google Dave Ortiz, um, oh, maybe we'll get some sports nets. Yeah. This and, and, yeah. Yeah. Sure. This is a baseball show. If, that, if you Google this, hey, baseball, go sports, gold bats, <laughs> Coors Light. <laughs> You're in the right place. <laughs> um, I know nothing baseball-y and insider-y to say, so, you no. know. Coors Light, isn't that baseball? Yeah. <laughs> Grab your dick and spit, all that shit, right? <laughs> hey. Um, anyway, yeah, so when you when you Google Dave Ortiz, because you want to know, like, the fucking 411, it's all baseball shit. And you're like, who cares? Yeah, you gotta put the word meat in there. Somewhere. You gotta put the word meat in there. You gotta you gotta be like Dave Meat Ortiz. <laughs> no, you gotta write Dave Ortiz DQM or Dave's quality meat Ortiz. Right. <laughs> or just minus baseball like I taught you how to do the or minus. Mu- oh right. Brad taught me how to use Google, uh how to omit certain words yeah. that uh minus baseball. Minus minus baseball, then <laughs> you find out about the real Dave Ortiz. <laughs> or the the one that's on the show. Right. <laughs> we'll have the other guy on. Yeah. Uh, I mean holler at us uh baseball Dave Ortiz. 
Are you into are you into Who's subcultures? To are you into is baseball subculture? So like I don't remember doing this podcast. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like me. But but our boy Dave Ortiz, our Dave Ortiz, is a very like impactful person here in New York City and then globally. I'm going to say because as we are witnessing before our very eyes, New York City culture is being copied globally fashion wise music wise you know we kind of got it going on over here it's always happened that way but dave ortiz being mr mr new york right mr downtown don't you think one of mr downtown he's uh even though he's right uh mad on the scene crazy (laughs) on scenester number one scenester possibly right Um, hung out with, um, all of our friends. Well, as did we. (laughs) Um, but really was there in the forefront of New York City skateboarding culture. Yeah. That's Um, definitely a valid statement. Yeah. And even though he favored the bicycle to the board, (laughs) he dabbled in both. Okay. Anything with a wheel. But um, Dave's brand, Dave's Quality Meats, was, um, I thought, really, really fun. Um, Dave also, like, is super important in, like, sneaker, in the sneaker world. Yeah. Uh, having made this, like, insane Nike Air Max 90 baconator <laughs> it's not really called the baconator it's just called the bacon air max bacon, 90 yeah dqm bacon air max 90 everybody's favorite meal 2004 i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was a hot show it was pink brown burgundy and cream it was like a piece of bacon <laughs> delicious <laughs> no they're cute they're cute and uh i think they're highly highly sought after i bet oh yeah um i launched my sneaker at dave's Store in 2007. Right. Because there's no, there were no women's sneaker stores. I mean, I don't, there probably still aren't, except for Lady Foot Locker <laughs> or whatever. Dave is one of the few people that has collaborated with Adidas, Vans, Nike. Dave, I think, um, had some demons that he had to battle, but he has come out on top living sober. And making vodka. <laughs> I mean, only if, if, I mean, who does that? But anyway, yes. What a wild, what a wild story. Let's jump into this interview, don't let's, you think? Let's listen to him tell it. All right. Are we rolling? We are. <laughs> We are. <laughs> Good to know. So I was saying that I've known you for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I like to do a lot of research yeah. on my guests, sure. including having Emma, my right hand man. Oh, I love her. Do do research and um and she knows and I learned all these things about you that I didn't know. Oh, we're gonna get creepy. Um <laughs> uh, and you know, how much we have in common, yet we were so separated. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
you got to realize again, we all grew up at the same time. Right. We all grew up in fucking the belly of the beast, Manhattan. Right. Not Do, me. Not, well, not grow up, but we, <laughs> we've had our adolescence and we would come here. Well, yes, I, correct. And then correct. go home. That's right. And then, but we would cause. I'd be at Poster Mat 24 yeah. 7 on, uh, you know, like as much as I'd just be like, take me to Poster Mat right now. And then 8th Street back. Yeah, we all started on St. Mark's. Right. You go to you. You went to Manic Panic, and you got a hair dye. And right. You painted your hair some wacky color. But then you went further west, and, and you would go to like was St. Mark's the Garden of Eden, where all life sprang from. On the, the I think so. I think it was. I think it was first and first. <laughs> first and first, the epic. Yes, the, yes, the, it's the, the it's the nexus, the nexus of, the uni- of, the of the universe. It is. It is where that little juice shop is. Yes. that's where all life began. Isn't there like an Irish bar there now? <laughs> yeah. No, that's across the street. Oh, okay. It's called One in One. Um, <laughs> yes, not yes. that I've ever been there. <laughs> that hasn't that place been there like forever? It has been there, but different owners and different owners, right? That really like everything is gone. Lucian is still there, and Lucian was like the new Jack. Did you know that Lucian passed in September? I did. All right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's crazy. I didn't I didn't know until just uh, two days ago. So, yes, so we all were coming to Manhattan. I was going to Poster Mat to get my Billy Idol posters. Then I was going to a store called Flip. Do you remember that store? Uh, absolutely. And I was buying my punk rock. <laughs> so I would go to Flip, and um, and then I would eventually, like, wind my way down Broadway to, like, Unique. Mm-hmm. Canal. Uh, Canal Jeans. Canal Jeans. Pearl Paint. I would go to Pearl Paint. Oh, Pearl Paint. You got to steal a marker every now and again. They were so lax. They didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. (laughs) You know how many graffiti writers went in there and stole fucking pentels? And everybody would tag and I would never tag because I didn't want anyone to know that that was like my spot. But I was like, (laughs) oh, they know. They all know. (laughs) Everybody knows. So it turns out you used to write graffiti. I didn't fucking know. Tell me about that. (laughs) So and then I also read that you were Zine. Then I read that you were your name was Meat. Yeah. Okay. So and what else? Tell so, me. Uh, tell so me everything. Nineteen eighty six, eighty five, eighty six, fifteen, sixteen years old. I started. I okay. First time I saw graffiti that I really like saw it, and it was um, nineteen eighty one. I'm eleven years old. I get dropped off at school, and there is this white guy. Tall, big, like mustache, mm. vest jacket, finishing a piece. And Where? Brooklyn? In Brooklyn. Okay. On Pitkin Avenue and Hemlock. Did I tell you my dad is from Pitkin Avenue from East New York? I, uh, that's, that's where yes, I'm from. Yes, no, I know. So we have this. Yeah. So PS159. And I'm there and he's doing touch ups. And I said, Did you do this? And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, and then I said, what does it say? Is the Wiz. Oh, the master blaster. Yes. And he had the, the Is the Wiz piece and he had his like little character with the sunglasses and the parted hair. Oh, yes. And I was like, wow. And he turned around to me and said, you can do this. And I was like, what? And that was the first introduction into graffiti. And so you were like, Mom, I have permission. (laughs) No. So then I started going around, and that's when I started to notice and looking at tags. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy, this guy. And then I noticed 
quick because where I lived was one block away from the sea layups. Okay. And then I used to live like about 10 blocks away from the, the AC layups at Linden Plaza. Right. So I would go play fucking manhunt and tag down there with my friends. And occasionally you get a can. You find a fucking loose can. Sure. Like spitting paint in it. And you, and, and I was looking for what was my word, you know? And in school, I came across, you know, the the Buddhist Zen thing. Mm-hmm. So I started to write Z-E-I-N because I was like, I felt... You're putting uh, the I in Zen. Yeah, I put the I in Zen. <laughs> and I, um, I, I started writing that, but there was already a dude I noticed that wrote Zen, Z-E-N. Right. And... He was not Zen and he was mad at you. He was definitely mad at me because <laughs> and he was this Puerto Rican kid named Julio. He was like two years older than me and he found out that it was me that it was you know i had a hurt hand style i was terrible Mm -hmm. but back then you know there were certain rules you didn't go writing the way whack kids right now you see whack dudes writing and and, but back then you could go inside an abandoned building and practice your fucking hand style until you were good enough to take it from inside the abandoned building to the outside of the abandoned building so I started writing outside. I felt confident enough and I would write outside and this dude figured out who I was and he confronted me and he was like, yo, I gotta, we got to fight. We're going to fight for this tag. And I was like, all right. And, I, and it was on Belmont and, um, Belmont and Pine. And we got into a fight and he beat my ass. Right. And I no longer wrote that tag. And, but I didn't get upset. Because okay. I understood the rules. Like this other kid who used to write, he was telling me, he was like, well, there's rules. Like, you could write, if somebody took a tag with a marker, I could come up with a spray can and write over him, and that's kosher. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm doing, In you know, theory. In I mean, the- I don't know. I would be mad. I, I'd be like, co- how dare they? Of course. How but if I was dare doing, they? If I was doing a two-color bubble letter thing, okay. then that's kosher. Totally. Totes. And and then there's like, okay, and then if somebody wanted to go over the two-color bubble letter thing. They had to have a piece. Right? You had to have uh, a piece. Yes, yes, So yes. those were the rules. And, and then writing, and then also the other thing that I learned was you weren't allowed to write too close to somebody because you're leaning on their fame. Right. And, and, and so there's these rules that I don't know if new school it's kids. called side busting. Side busting. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I don't know if a lot of these new kids that are writing know any of this stuff because i just see whack fucking pieces well i'll tell you uh, i and i talk about this a lot um i feel like the kids today are not mentored the way they were when we were coming up yes and that there is nobody sort of putting them on um to you know, the 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 rules, and so it's sort of more of a free-for-all, but I kind of love that. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like kind of levels the playing field a little sure, bit. And sure. in my, um, now in my, like, old age, it's the it's the, the toys that really keep graffiti alive. That because is true. they're the ones who sort of, like, designate the spots first, right? You're like, this whack-ass yeah. bag has been there for three months, and nobody's <laughs> gone over it, so gonna paint here so you kind of can't blame them because i really do feel like the elders turn their back yes yes absolutely. and so maybe they don't know the rules because they weren't they, they nobody's they, nobody's really, taught them the rules right, right. and and it is our job, job. to do so right. so so then after that so years later so i've always wrote 
you know, I've always tagged up bullshit, mm-hmm. wacky names. And then fast forward to 89. Okay. And um, I'm working in the meatpacking district. Um, I'm working at Mars. Okay. And um, it's for Eli. For Eli. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I've known Eli since he was a little kid. Since really? he was about like 15 or 16 years old. Yeah, I met Eli around the same time. I met him in 86, I'm 7. Such a young, like, visionary, right? Oh, like, dude. it's unbelievable. Anyway, we love Eli. We could go into the Eli story too uh, later. Um, so, so then um, in 89, I started writing the word meat because okay. I was in the meatpacking industry. Right. And then I was like, what can be my, and this is early branding that I didn't even really quite understand. I was like, what's my symbol? Mm -hmm. What's my Nike check? Mm -hmm. So I started drawing this chicken leg, but the way I drew it, I made it look phallic. I remember that chicken leg. So it looked like a penis. A penis chicken leg. Sounds delicious. And (laughs) and that was was the whole joke. And then I, and then I was like, what's my slogan? You know, like just do it. Uh And my slogan was, I boned your moms. Oh, well, of course. I and mean, what else would it be? What else would it be? <laughs> so, so I carried that into like, into when I started working at Zoo and then I would write, because I would, you know, I was doing Look everything. Look at you, an early icon, um, you know, like iconography was not big in graffiti. No. And because the thing was, I was like, how can I write, how can I write something in a way that I could do two things because I like to draw and how can I get people to notice that both those things are the same thing? Right. Just like Nike. You make the check, you mm-hmm. go Nike, and you see the word, you go Nike. And I was like, Remember when we used to be called Nike? <laughs> yeah. I like your Nikes, yo. I like your Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was, it was all based on that. And I just started writing it on boxes. And, you know, I would ship these boxes. And then one of the funniest things happened. Um, there was a skate shop in, uh, I believe it was in either Connecticut or New Jersey. And I sent a package to these. I sent a box of boards and some sweatshirts and mm-hmm. some t-shirts. And I tagged the boxes I usually do. Meet, I bone your moms. Okay. This woman calls back fucking livid. <laughs> like, what the fuck, you motherfuckers? It's I- like my parents just got divorced. <laughs> no. she She's like, I want to fucking cancel my account. You guys, you think this is funny? Apparently... The woman who owned the skate shop was sleeping with the fucking kids. Oh, well, there you go. And she thought <laughs> she's that a G- I was she was a dick. Her out. Yeah. <laughs> I bone your moms, and she gets this box, and she freaks the fuck out. Slow down, Coogs. <laughs> and I was like, I had nothing to do with it. You like it's a joke. It's my like, sl- you like it's my slogan. Okay, <laughs> I'm like the Nike of graffiti. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that happened, and um, yeah, but I continued it, and then you know, years later, like you know, one day me and Eli were sitting around, and I, uh, the front of the um, Zoo York office at four twenty five West Thirteenth Street, mm-hmm. there is an actual, there was an actual butcher place called Dave's Quality Veal. I saw a picture of you sitting in front of it, sitting in front of it yes. when I was doing my research. So, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet Eli a dollar, like fucking straight up, you know, trading places, not trading places, but uh, what was that movie with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, I think it yeah, was it's trading, called trading, trading, trading places trading when places. Mortimer yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they bet each other a dollar they could ruin this guy's and life. Nog. <laughs> and, um, I bet Eli a dollar that I could take the wackest and gayest name and make it cool. 
Okay. And he's like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in for that bet. And I started Dave's Quality Meat because that was my tag. And I was like- Do you I, think that's a super gay name? Well, it's a little- It's definitely confusing. It's super confusing. Okay. I first heard it and I was like- you're like, taking it, like you're like you're putting it on the edge. Yeah, you're yeah, putting yeah, yeah. it like there's a razor edge line. Oh yeah. And I made I made a lot of straight people kind of confront that. Like they wanted to be cool and they wanted to rep the brand, but it was like, is it cool? And I was like, what is exactly cool? Like, does the shirt make you cool or do you well, make the shirt cool? I gotta say that back at that time too, man, like Skaters are not like the. They weren't the most progressive they're people. Not, they're not pretty homophobic. Really. Yeah, at, at least then. Uh, at least yeah. then. Well, why do you think? <laughs> why do you think that so many gay skaters stayed in the closet yeah. until later? Later. Yeah. Indeed. It's crazy, but definitely through the 90s and later even. like Yeah, into the early mid-2000s. I mean, it's, it, was just la- it was just last year that... Uh, it was two years ago, Brian Anderson comes right, out. Right, right, right. And then he'd open the door and then all these dudes were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah by yeah. the way, I'm gay. And I was like, yeah. oh, but that's they, pretty late. They're late to the ball game. But, but secretly, they're them. all gay. <laughs> Football they're, and secretly, they, secretly, all <laughs> skaters are gay. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Uh, fight me, okay? So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was basically, you know, what I did and 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 you know, I thought it was cool. Right. I'm totally cool with so, my But you weren't like I'm on a mission to go all city. You were just like fucking around writing. I was just writing just because it was like it was oh, just yeah, like something I grew to up do. here and that's what you did. You right, put, right, you right. Last time you write a fucking tag in a bathroom. But somewhere. you weren't like get, setting your alarm at four AM to I go. I wasn't setting like, my alarm. I would go out bombing every now and again with some with Nove mm-hmm. you know and MN and those oh. dudes were fucking nuts. And yeah. I was like, I'm not smoking. They were very serious. They were fucking absolutely was, bonkers. Right. And, you know, you go and, and 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 those dudes were real. And I'm here. This I'm a whack dude. I would consider myself a toy. You know, I get my fair share of tagging up here and there. But those dudes were like fucking maniacs that were like, this is my job. Yes. I'm fucking bombing. I'm going all city. I'm writing on everything. I have a fucking OCD, you know, about this <laughs> thing. And I'm writing everything. So, yeah, and then at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, am I really that person or am I really just an artist? So were you skating then? I always rode BMX. So that's the thing that's very confusing because I feel like you have been so associated with skateboard, but you were like a a bike guy. I'm a BMX guy. Right. So, So the whole thing, like when we grew, when I grew up as a kid, you know, in riding action sports. Okay. X back Games. Then, back then, right. it was, you know, your friend, you had a friend who skated, I had a friend with BMX, we all kind of hung out, we went to Washington Square Park, your bike fucking caught a flat or whatever, you ride a skateboard. Right. So it was one of those things, it wasn't, a, it was, it was just, I was like, it's like well, being ambidextrous. So, my good friends were the first, uh, you know, Zoo York BMX riders, Tyrone mm-hmm. Williams and uh, Edwin Della Rosa. Edwin Della Rosa. And... It was expensive to fucking have a bike. It was. Where like a skateboard was uh, like, right. And it was heavy. And you're just like, you can't really like roll into the bar with your, with your bike. And like that it was sort of 
it pushed uh it pushed it into a different it pushed it into a different corner even though but now now i mean they're both proficient skateboarders now i can see why because yeah. i guess when you're when your bike catches flat you get on your board yeah you have to do one or the other and it's like it was it was one of those things so yeah, because of Zoo York and my association to Zoo York, yes, that's a skateboard company. Correct. But when I worked at Zoo York, we were the first people, and and I was a big um, part of this was that we sponsored the first BMXer, and yeah. I was like, and we sponsored Robbie Morales, who then gave us Edwin De La Rosa, who then gave us Tyrone, who then, and then it just kind of branched out. And and my whole philosophy was, we are Zoo York, and that means. Where everything right as 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 it New should York. be right, and I was like, "There's no reason why we couldn't do it." And then when we took out a two-page ad in Big Brother, and it was a BMXer, everybody was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Mm-hmm. We just changed the game, and right. then we put out mixtape, the video, and then we had a BMX part, and everybody went, "What the fuck just happened?" And that's what triggered everybody that, "Oh shit, we don't have to do just skateboarding." We could do this other stuff, and then we started going. Boom! Let's get a surfer. We got boom. We got a mountain bike rider. We got, and we just went batshit crazy and started sponsoring everybody before everybody started picked up on it and were like, "Oh shit, this is like it's a fucking lifestyle. It's not just this this one thing in the corner." Shout out to Rodney, Eli, and Adam. Yes, shout out to my big brothers. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you're New York's first employee. You guys are putting it down. You work for them for how long? I work for them. Um, so, so okay, let's go back in time. Um, 1988, I had a zine called Mental Youth. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> and um, and I, I meet Eli at Washington Square Park. And then he's like, hey, man, I work at this nightclub. You want to help out and, you know, help promote and maybe we throw parties. And, and I was like, sure, let's do this. And I get you a job. remember Beasley? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. So we get a, I get a job at, at Mars. Peter Gation. And then, well, right. Yuki. Um, right. And then um, Rudolph. And oh, then, Rudolph. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yuki and Rudolph are the ones who, who did right, that little right, operation. Right. And, um and then from there, after that ended in 1991, I worked around the corner. So I went from 13th Street and West Side Highway to 14th Street between 10th and 11th. I worked for this t-shirt company called CG Designs, and it was these two gay guys that made t-shirts. And I would pack their boxes and ship them to Nordstrom's and shit mm-hmm. like that. And But Rodney and my best friend, who I grew up with, Chu and Rostar, lived at Zoo York. Uh-huh. Before you know, in the early days of Zoo York. I went to college with Rose Star. So weird. At FIT? Yes. I had this like hot, straight Asian posse. Did you know Greg Ma? No. I would like roll like we look like we were out of some like movie, me and my like hot Asian and the Chinese connection. The, 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 and we would go clubbing and then Greg, shout out to Greg Ma, his dad had a Chinese restaurant in New Jersey and he would have to run errands and since it was like five in the morning, he's like, hey, you want to come get chickens with me for my dad's restaurant? We would go under the Williamsburg Bridge, pick up live chickens, load them into like the station wagon and I'd be like, drop me off at 27th Street and he'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm going to Jersey, see you later. And anyway, Rostar, his brother. Yeah. They were in the micro. And uh, yeah, 
that good times. So they used to live there. So I would, from that t-shirt company, I'd go visit them and then they were like, you know, why don't you, why don't you do the shipping and stuff for us? Okay. And then in 1992, they hired me. Okay. Or yeah, 93, 90, wait, they started in 93. So like the end of 93 into 94, early that time, okay. that's when they hired me. They had enough money to pay me. And then you were there till when? 2002? 2002. Okay, and, and then, then they sold um, to, Echo. to Echo, and then Echo passed it to Iconics, and yes, they got it back. Well, they didn't get it quite back yet. They're about to. They're about. They're right. in the. They're. We're they're, waiting. We're waiting. They're trying to revive the brand. I agree. Right now, and they put. They're trying to put the band back together, and it's hard to put the band back. together. I think it is. I think it's very hard to do a comeback. It's hard. It's hard, but... Um, it can be done. It, it can, can be, be done. done. Yeah, especially I mean, with like a um, a history like that. What a- so, okay, so now it's 2002 and you are like, I need to be in the clothing business? Because this is the beginning of D- all of us yeah. kind of yeah. after 9-11 being yep. like, we need to take New York back. Yep. We need to take the streets back. It's streetwear time. Yep. So... That was like, you know, Supreme was was Supreme. Right. And um, I wanted to kind of do something. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make a store. But I'm going to do something completely different. I wanted to make something that was user-friendly and that was the exact opposite of Supreme. Right. And fun and and conceptual. And and, and make a concept concept store. Right. So I was like, all right, we're going to use my graffiti tag. And I'm going to make a store that looks and feels like it was a butcher shop. And I'm going to sell streetwear out of there. And people were like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to fucking work. It was dope. And it happened and everybody was freaked out. And and, and I wrapped all the t-shirts in the cellophane trays. I remember that. And that, the reason why I did that was like, how do you, I was like, how can I get somebody to buy two? So if you make packaging really nice, people were starting to collect things. Ah. So my idea was put it in a fucking cool packaging and they won't open it. Right. And they'll fucking buy another one to wear. Ah. And you sell two shirts. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my whole philosophy. And it worked. And people dug it. And then, you know, as soon as I opened the store, because, you know, we did the Zoo York Dunk. And then we did a, a Zoo York blazer. Okay. And I was the one who facilitated this to right. make this happen because I had friends at Nike. I was dating this girl who worked at Nike. Mm-hmm. And shout out to her. Shout out to Jen. <laughs> shout out to Jen Bowie. And um, so she put me in contact with Jesse Lavea, and he was Jesse like Leva. Leva. Jesse Leva. Leva. And um, you know we had a conversation, and then he was like, "Well, what would you want to do if you were to do a shoe?" And are we talking about the Baconator? Yes, we are. Yes. And it's a, my favorite sneaker. Of all of all the sneakers, I mean besides mine, but Yours are great. Yours I are, launched my sneaker at your fucking store. I know. All right. Anyway. I still have your book that you signed. There you go. It's a collector's item. Yes. <laughs> so so when he asked me, you know, what would I do? Because at the time everybody was like gun ho. Dunk High, right. Air Force One, and it was No, like, you did the 90! And I was like, I'm going to go way over here. Again, thinking, go over here, because nobody's over there. Nobody's talking about running. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be on my feet all day, I want to wear a shoe that's pretty comfortable, and I like... I want the air bubble. And I want the bubble. Right. I was like, that's cool. And I 
you know, he was like, okay, well, you have to have the shoe in by this date. Okay. Think about what you want to do. So I'm sitting on this thing and, and, and I sat on this thing forever until the, the day of, like the one day before. Right. Went out partying, fucking got hammered and showed up at my friend's house. Didn't even have a computer. And I showed up at my friend's house. With, I, with crayons. No. <laughs> I, I, I showed up hungover and I was like, dude, I you got... vomited it up on the paper and, and the, I the, had, the concept was born. And I had like a, a, a CD okay. of the CAD. Okay. And I was like... I like gotta, Can you color this up for me? I gotta make this thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like me with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta make this thing. And he's like, all right, cool. He's like, do you know what to do? Do you know what you want to do? And I was like, no, but I know I'm hungry. I'll be right back. And then I go to the supermarket, Key Food, and that's when I'm walking down the aisle because I'm like, eggs, bread, cheese. And I walk down the aisle and I see the meat section. And then I'm looking for bacon. And I go, holy fuck. And it was one of those aha moments. And I said, oh my God, what if I did bacon? I was like, and then I, look, I remember what the shoe looked like and all the layers. And I was like, oh shit, this could be dope. And then I go back to my friend's house. I buy five packs of bacon. Mm-hmm. And the eggs and all that. You're like, crap. make this a shoe. And then I go like this. <laughs> and I say, do you have a Pantone book and five plates? <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to need five plates and a Pantone book. <laughs> and I fucking open the bacon and I sit there with five plates and I fucking look through every Pantone. And I just sit and I was like, oh shit. Okay, this is. This is what's going here. And I just. But early on the pink wave, you were. And I was like, yes. I'm going to do. And everybody was making these tough shoes and they were all navy blue, yeah, black, yeah, gray. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go over here and make these kids wear this. This is going to be. I was like, it's either going to be a catastrophic disaster or a fucking hit. And I was like, 50 50. I was like, I like those odds. <laughs> and I was like, I'll bet on it. But this. you won. You were winning. That was a winning bet. And it, and it took <laughs> off. And, you know, and to this day, you know, thousands, hundreds of kids, you know, hit me up. Oh my God, I love your shoe every, you know, night. It was so out of the box. It, it was, was great. Just, it was just, you know, like it was so different from what was going on with that. But besides that, you are on a very short list of people that have collaborated with many brands. There's only, yeah, I would say, one handful of people that have done Nike, Vans, Adidas, Adidas Converse, Converse. Uh, New Balance. New Balance. Uh, I've done everything, you know. And Do Fila? I, I was in talks with Fila. Eh, <laughs> didn't do everything. I didn't do. I didn't do Fila. I was in talks with Diodora. No, <laughs> didn't do Diodora. Alessa, come on, Skechers. <laughs> Skechers. I'm so into Skechers right now. Oh yeah, I just am. They're to like. I'm just into it. You know, it's funny. One time we. <laughs> they were... look so comfy. That memory foam. Uh, I want they that. They really, <laughs> <laughs> they really right. Like you're like ah. It was. It was funny. I was one year. I was leaving Magic in Vegas, and I, I was at the bar and I was talking this random dude was talking to me and he knew that we did Zoo York obviously he saw our passes and he worked for Skechers and he was like yo let's 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 have Skechers make the Zoo York sneakers and I was like yo you realize you're Skechers right and I was like they're terrible shoes fast forward years later when 
Echo and I uh, got uh, a hold right, of it. Right, right, right. They were in bed with fucking Skechers. And that dude got to make the New York sneakers. And I was like. Do you know what Skechers was before it was Skechers? No. It was LA Gear. No shit. Yes. Really? Yes, See, if yes, they would have yes. told me that, I would have been on board. Uh, I know. You're like, come on. Let's bring back some LA Gears, right? <laughs> LA kids yeah. are a whack back when they oh, when they like remember but now Mike, I love them. Like, remember when, when Michael Jackson had a shoe? Yes, yes, yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you are on, like I said, this very exclusive short list of people that have done multiple brand collaborations. Sneaker companies now make these kids who get on board for collaborations sign these insane like non-compete like really? you you are not allowed to like go to another brand and and do a sneaker collab with them because you are you know are yeah, artist. Sure, sure. and um you know i think you should be very proud because wow it's a, it, i mean i mean i went across the spectrum glasses bags you name it i did all that shit bikes everything I didn't really, and it was funny because I, I kind of would think of myself as a whore and I was like, no, you know, no, you know, uh, lesions to anyone. I'm just like, I just want to make, and I just would like to just and, do things. And fuck mothers. I mean, yeah, I mean you're, a whore, you're a whore, you're a whore, you're a whore. Boning moms, boning moms is great. So were you doing the graphics for DQM? So not all of them. Not no. all of them. I would come up with a whole concept thing and I would just have people and I'd be like, Okay, I need you to make. I want to do this thing. Uh, I want to rip polo. Okay. And I want a fucking chicken, a guy riding a chicken, and call it pollo. Make it happen. Okay, I need you to make me the Metallica, you know, album cover, quality for all. Right. And I would just get all these random people to make shit. I would just kind of like be like, this is what I'm thinking, kind of scribble out this thing, and they go, okay, go. And then they give it back. I go, great. Well, change this one little thing, and then we're good. And that was that. It's called art direct. And I would art direct. Yes, 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 and, yes. And conceptualize. And conceptualize wacky things and make have people make it. Right. But I always find that like people who aren't sort of in the creative control of their brands, their their brands can't live. So even if you're not doing the actual graphics as long as you're kind of coming up with them, mm-hmm. then you really are like the heart and soul of the, of the brand. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So now you have the store. You are the the coolest kid in town. People are freaking out. They love it. And all of a sudden, you don't have the store. And you're fucking kicked out of your own fucking store. I was so mad. I'll tell you my part. I mean, I was like, I spit. I was like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Like, I, I was mean, pissed. I did have... 
I have to take uh, accountability for what I did. Can we get can we get the real story? Sure. What happened? I was a hot mess. Right. You know, I was a drunken mess. Uh, my partners couldn't deal with me anymore. They felt like they couldn't deal with me. They could have just had a conversation with me. Right. But you know, what, sometimes though, when you get to that point and you can't talk anymore, yeah, and I get it. All right, and I get it, and. You know, and, and, and everybody says it's business, but it's so personal too. It like is it's personal. just it's hard. And the way it went down, you know, they got me to sign something when I was not right. in the right frame of right. mind. And they took advantage of me. And um, you know, it is what it is. And I think that that was But it, it was so odd that they thought that the brand could live oh, yeah. without its figurehead. How and it was just so a, bizarre. How are you going to have an acronym that says DQM? I'm the D, Dave, and I'm the M, me. Right. <laughs> and the Q. And the Q for quality. Right. So it just didn't make sense. And I was like, and I was like, listen, why don't we, if this is so much and you could do it, why do you need to keep the brand name? Right. I was why like, don't why don't you, you just be like Bob Sneakers? Yeah. Right. And I was like, you could do your own brand. And then they didn't want to do that. They felt like there was a lot. Uh, a lot but of- I feel like everybody really turned their back on them. Well, it was just like, boo, like the letting it, the air it, out of the balloon. It, it did of. let a lot of air out of the balloon because of the way how it went down. It was really a, a nasty kind of thing. And we had a fight for the brand and all sorts of bullshit. And it, it, it just got really ugly. And eventually they had to buy me out and, and, and I just moved on. I, I didn't let it identify me because I'm an artist. Right. And I was like, this isn't my last hurrah. You know, life moves on. And I went ahead and I said, all right, watch this. I'm going to do something else. And then I started Dave's Warehouse. Right. And that was going great. But again, I still was still messed up. And I wasn't clear-headed. Right. And um, and. You know, we kind of introduced that whole price point bike market into New York City, where we were getting all these bikes from Asia, and we started a we started a new bike brand called Another Whip, and it was this price point bike, and you could get it in candy colors, and you could come to the store and you pick your wheels, right? And customize it and, and customize right. it, and then boom, two hundred and ninety nine dollars later, you walked out with a bike. And it was a great fucking business model until a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon. Ah, oh, right. And then you had like big then business was, like just crushing. And then they, cr- then they right. were like, you know, you could buy it online for two fifty. Right. Right. And then that kind of like shot me in the foot. And then and then the rent obviously ain't nothing going on but the rent. Right. And we had too big of a space and we couldn't afford it. Right. And we were like, I was like, dude, let's just cash out. So do you love retail? No. Okay. I just again, I just like to make stuff. As a as an artist, a visual artist, and I'm always at the same time I'm doing all of this. I'm still painting and doing art shows. Okay, so and and making art, and then I I kind of like was like, okay, this is I got to figure something out. That's I got to figure something out later. Um, and an opportunity came out of nowhere, out of fucking nowhere. I get a phone call, unavailable, and um. Um, I pick up the phone and, um, it was a dude saying, Hey, I work for a spirit company. I'd love to talk to you about marketing and design. Maybe you could help me out. And I was like, okay, sure. Come on over. And this dude worked for this company that was starting a brand called Our Vodka. 
And I was like, and now mind you, I'm already, I like after the bike thing ended and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to fucking clear, clean up my act. Okay. And what I get, year is this? This is 2001. Okay. I start, I decide to get sober. Okay. Not 2001, 2010. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dyslexic. So I decide to get sober and I'm sober. And then 2013 comes along and I get that phone call. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I'm listening to the guy and he's like, yeah, we, we got this brand and we got this one company that's going to set up the infrastructure for these micro distilleries. And in each city we open, we're going to take the name of the city. So each, you know, it'll be sort of like a franchise. You know, we all got one recipe, but y'all going to get your ingredients locally. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, but here's the thing. We want to make you a partner. I was like, word? And he's like, we need a New Yorker who knows how to run a business, who's connected, and who's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, feel free to call me, guys. <laughs> So, so I said, I said, this is next time. Next time. Yeah. The next one. Our New Jersey. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I just fucking, and you know, we had all these different cities and you know, our Berlin, our Detroit, our Seattle, our London, our Amsterdam, our Los Angeles. And then, but this is the first vodka distillery in New York City since Prohibition. I mean, that is a kind of that's a massive. Kind of, well, for, for me, I, I wanted to do this because. A, I, I got an ego and I like to stroke my ego, is to say that you're the first to do something in Manhattan in this day and age, how fucking hard is that? There's I don't not know. To, I kind of feel like it's easy. <laughs> I say it all the time. <laughs> to, 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 to really do something that's like historic movement kind of thing. And I was like, I want to be part of something. Now, like let that. me ask you something. Now that you're sober and you're peddling alcohol, yeah. do you have any sort of feelings about that no because just because i can't drink doesn't mean that there that are you would take that joy away from someone else i would take that joy away from someone else but there are people who drink responsibly yeah and you know because well, you're, lo- you're looking at brad right here <laughs> i can't no you I, like I can't to you but you like to drink you like to have a drink oh yeah every night every night i have like one beer a night two oh. two beers okay He's, yeah, a respo- he's a responsible, he's a responsible drinker. drinker. I right, go. I barely drink. I, I like. I can't go old school. Fucking three quarters of a case in a night. Yeah, oh, those are the days. <laughs> those are the days. I mean, I weirdly drink irresponsibly, but very, very seldomly. But when I drink, like I'll have three drinks and I'll be wasted and I'll be vomiting yeah, on the yeah, corner, yeah. like totally, <laughs> like and I, like. Hold my hand. <laughs> Hold my hand. <laughs> I'm in the garbage can. <laughs> But yes, it's, um, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm really like, uh, have been like a weed person. So I mm-hmm. always just feel like alcohol is so bad. No, like, it's, it's not so, bad. It's perfectly fine. It's just. Anything's easy to abuse. Anything is easy to abuse. Okay, like- good. So you, you, <laughs> you feel you don't have any sort of conflicting um, emotions about peddling alcohol. No. And not drinking, and it's just not for you. And it's, it's not. It's not like an overarching like alcohol is bad for you know. No, no. Okay. Not at all. And you know, it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll be damned if I'm gonna let some other dude that comes from fucking Ohio or some shit. Right. Fucking have your vodka brand. 
saying he's New York. And I'm like, you're not really New York. Yeah. Right. So I really wanted to be part of this. And I think, and, and it's, and it's, for me, it's special, you know, and it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world because you don't, you know, you're selling a product that there's gazillion fucking vodkas, you know, we do something really extraordinary and we make a high quality product. That's what I'm told. And people who drink it and taste it, they're like, wow, this is a really smooth fucking vodka. And I don't, and it tastes great. Bring us samples. I did. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go see. Um, um, the man. The sample man. <laughs> I have to see an account after this. So, yes. You get your account loop, lubed up before you. Uh, I always, I always <laughs> go. Well, you always got to go. You know, it's, it's wild because like now I'm like a door-to-door salesman. Okay. And. And I have a team of sales reps, and I kind of go in and do the introduction of the brand. And I like, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, my name is Dave. I'm from New York. Blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. And people are like, every once in a while, you get an old sneakerhead, and and it, they're like, oh, they're like, oh my god, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Like I had one the other day, and he could not believe it. He was like, yo, I'm gonna buy this shit, yo. <laughs> he was like, yo, you know how many sneakers I bought from you? And I was like, thank you. You know. <laughs> So are you writing I fucked your mom on, on the boxes? No, I don't like, write that anymore. <laughs> I don't write that on the boxes anymore. Your mom you should got bring drunk. it back. You should bring it back. <laughs> your mom got drunk and I fucked her. Okay, so let's talk about your, your other career, which is your fine art. Yes. When did you um realize that you were an artist? Were you like a young a young child? Young kid. You know, I, um, when I saw, when I saw is the whiz and I was like, I want to be that, I want to be that I want to be in, I want to be able to make colors together. I want to know how that works. And I've always, and I just, you know, you know, getting designer pens and figuring out mm-hmm. what colors look great next to each other and then going through the tunnels and learning how, seeing what guys were putting next to each other. And right. What, I was like, okay, the Rust-Oleum red and that green, that Hunter green looks fly. You know, there were things. So were you drawing in black books and like. I was drawing in black books and, and whatever I could get my hands on. And One then, time I even fucking, I, I, I got temper paint and I painted my refrigerator. Damn temper paint. And um, I, I, I painted my refrigerator in my bathroom, in my basement. And then um, I just realize i was like all right and then i went to art school and i went to to fit that's right sweet fit and um my distillery is right around the corner from fit well i used to have my studio on 23rd street i think i ran into you one day and you're mm-hmm. like my distillery right because i was on right at the mouth of where madison started yep, on 23rd yep. and i was like who the fuck else like comes to the flat iron <laughs> but it was cheap Back. Yeah, cheap back then. Oh yeah, there was a minute there where there was a minute. Oh my town, god! Man, yeah, 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 yeah. I had a huge my huge studio on Twenty Third Street, and then I renewed my. I think I was paying like two thousand dollars. I had like it was big, Damn. like two thousand square feet. And then after five years, when my my lease was up, uh, I signed the lease paying more than do- like six grand or something yeah. and then i was like i have to get out of here i'm like i can't be here anymore the landlord's like sorry all yeah. the startups showed up Funny yes that's yeah. what happened that's yeah what all happened. the startups came through they all came in um that neighborhood is so weirdly transient with business mm-hmm. and 
sort of that used to be like a big nightlife area. Oh, yeah. There was um, right up the street from where my distillery is, is what well, used to be the building. Remember? Sweet, sweet. I worked there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I just kept making, I, I would make art and I would do like these little art shows, you know, here and there. And then it just slowly like got bigger and bigger and, you know, I got. So, when did you decide that like I'm going to be a painter? Because there's lots of other mediums, right? Yeah. And like, what is it about like paint and brush? And what do you use? Acrylics or oil? I, what do you I do? use acrylics. Yeah, yeah, I use acrylics sometimes in mixture, mixed medium with spray paint and stuff like that. And and painting, you know, I used to like painting big because I was like, oh, it's like graffiti and you paint big and blah. but then the thing about painting big is like you don't sell big paintings. Nobody has who, you know. Right. Those big lofts are gone. Those big lofts are gone. Right. Because so that's I, what they used to want. The big yeah, paintings. they wanted the big right. paintings. Right. So then, you know, I got a, I got a shit ton of big paintings now. And I'm like, fuck, moving this painting, my mm -hmm, painting. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, I was like, this is retarded. And then I was like, I need to figure something else out. And then there was a lull. Like, I didn't do anything for a while. And I was still drawing, you know, always practicing drawing and drawing. And um, I gave myself a project where I was like, I'm going to draw every day at the same time every day for a, a year. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens. And then I was like, well, what am I going to draw? And then I found this law book, right? And I was like, oh, shit, check this out. And it was zoning laws or some shit. And I would read through it, and it was weird. And then I started to think about law and, like, how that worked. And then this is, again, going through, like, Black Lives Matters movement is happening, and, and things are happening, and people, cops are getting off, and people are getting shot all the time. And I'm like, wow, law and art, are the same thing hmm. because the more law you know, the more you can manipulate the law to make you do, make it do what you need it to do. Well, the law more, is really like linguistics. It's all sort of like language is, and like and how to sort of. But you have to manipulate it to get an end result. Correct. Same thing with art. Okay. If you manipulate the art, you get the viewer to see what it is that you want them to see, and you sort of do tricks with with lighting. And you, there's, there's all sorts of different ways of, of things. So I'm like saying that both these things live on the same plane, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. Hmm. Okay. But they live on the same plane because the more art history you learn, same thing. The more law history you learn, the more you can manipulate things. And you could do things the same way as other artists done, have mm -hmm. done. Okay. So I took this as the backdrop to this idea where I would draw every day for one year from... Um, 8.30 a.m. till 10.30 a.m., two hours, and I would draw. And it could be anything, whatever subject I wanted to be. It could be a word that I, thought I saw in there. And then I, I started calling them the law journals. And then eventually I made 500-something drawings. And I had them in this, like whenever I had a good one, I'd be like, ooh, this is a good one. i cut it out. Mm -hmm. i put it in a binder and then continue drawing. And it would be with a Sharpie and just really simple drawings and some were fun. And then some of them, well, right, let's get some watercolors. And I, I just loose drawing, but just draw. And I was like, okay, now I have all these drawings. Now what? So then I go to Joseph Gross because mm -hmm. he was repping me back then. And I went, I said, Joe, I, I, can I get a show? I need a show. I, I got to get rid of this shit. So I go to I go to IKEA. I buy these these little eight by ten frames because the 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 drawings were like eight by tens. Slide them in, great. Put them up, sell everything for a hundred bucks. I love that. And I was like, you know, now 
art becomes accessible. Mm-hmm. Now you can get a piece. Everybody came through, and then that show, somebody, some guy from St. Louis was there and was like, oh, can you do this show in, in St. Louis? All right, I take the show to St. Louis. Then I take the show to Berlin. Then I took the show to Los Angeles. And I ended up making a fuck ton of cash, and, it was, and I made art accessible. Right. And it was little ideas like this, you know. And then I got in, and then I, I, my girl sent me this thing, this link to sign up for a um, art residency mm-hmm. at a silk screening facility. Okay. And then I was like, all right, I'll try it. And I filled it out, sent it in, forgot about it, got a call back. And I never silk screened in my life, went. And then I started to do silk screening and then they started teaching me. And I took a course like silk screening 101, you know. Okay. And then I was just like, my brain just opened up. And I was like, oh my God. And then I immediately like advanced, like so, like within weeks. Okay. I was like zipping through it. And then I had this idea. I was like, oh, I want to do a Puerto Rican Andy Warhol. So I did a can of Goya beans. And then Goya partnered with you. Yes. And I no, but then it didn't happen that fast. Okay. So I went from like making this five color print, not knowing how to do it. Okay. And I was kind of jerry rigging it and made it. And I, well, I, lined it, up. I don't you feel like silk screening is jerry rigging? It's like all a jerry lot. Rigging. It is, right. The whole thing is it's jerry like rigging. Tape lines and, and like, I, right. And I did all sure. this and I did this five color print. And then they, the guy who owns it, he was like, hey, man, this is amazing that you figured this out on your own. And he goes, I'm going to show you something that's going to change your world. And it was like pin tabs. Uh-huh. And he sh- I, I went from barely knowing what to do on this five-color print to the next day I did an, a 14-color print. Right. And I did a, a box of Sasson. And then I did a adobo. And then I called my mom. I was like, what other Goya products did we use when we were little? Malta. And I did Malta. <laughs> and I did all these Goya products. And then now I have all this Goya crap, right? And I'm like, okay, now what do I do? So I'm like, okay, I want to do a show. I want to reach out to Goya. Okay. I was like, I've done shit with big brands. Why not? And then I was like, how hard could it be? So then I put feelers out. Who knows somebody at Goya? Who knows somebody at Goya? Found a guy who worked in finance who knew, who kind of knew the guy. He knew he said hello to the marketing guy at Goya and he got me a meeting. So I Go to Goya with all my prints. Where are they? They're in New Jersey. Okay. Ah, right, because it's a New York brand. Yeah. yeah. Right. It started down here. Mm-hmm. Like the guy Prudencia who owned Goya, um, he bought this bodega down on Reed Street somewhere. And the guy was from Spain, and so was this guy, Prudencia. He was from Spain. And the guy named it after Goya. Of course. The artist. Yeah. And he had his, he, he was like, nobody's going to be able to say my name. I'll just leave it. <laughs> okay. And he fucking left it as Goya. And that's why Goya the brand is the Goya the brand. And it's still family owned. Goya, oh boy. Wow. So Remember I go- those commercials? Of course. Do you know those commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Goya, I, oh boy. So I go over to Goya with all my prints. I hang them up on the wall in their conference room. The guy walks in and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do with this because A, we're, you, you're not supposed to do this. B, but it's so good. And he's just like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I got this crazy idea. <laughs> I want to do an art show. And 
it's your 80th anniversary coming up. Why don't we work together? Yeah. I was like, you only turned 80 once. He goes, yeah, but we had a big celebration for 75. I was like, yeah, but it's not 80. Right. <laughs> Every five years, dude. Okay. I was like, it, it's not 80. And then he's like, yeah, you're right. And then I was like, why don't I wanted to open a bodega? Okay. And I made all these can labels. Because that's what, I mean, I see it as a can label. Like, Well, uh, I did a print of my print on a can label. And... You know, we we were in talks, and then he was like, well, maybe you could help us design the float for the Puerto Rican parade. I was like, why don't we make my print this big? And we and I, I was like, I'll take care of it. I'll design the float. You're like, let's get a felt suit made. And <laughs> I um, I, like a furry. I ended up designing the suit, the, 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 the float for the parade. Amazing! I made T-shirts for them. I did a show for their family. And then after all of this craziness, after all said and done, I get home. Monday morning, you know, after the parade and everything, they sent me a cease and assist. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. I was like, you motherfuckers, this is awesome. I was like, I can't believe that I did all this shit for you guys and you fucking, and they didn't want me to sell the prints because they didn't want. Other but it's people. art. It is art. You're legally, do they legally, have no, 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 well, they, no. If it's see, art, if it's art and like, hey, in, I guess it could be art. It's intellectual property, just like law and art. They're the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Did you give them the whole shtick? You're like, come it on. It is. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh shit, I cannot believe this. This is fucking nuts. A fucking and they cease were like, and desist. They were from like, you Goya? cannot sell these prints and blah blah blah. And I was just like, whatever. I was just like, you know what? I crumbled it up. I threw it away. I was just like, and then um, you're I, like, call Coco Lopez right now. And then um, <laughs> then a year later, I get an email from this woman. And she's the daughter of the fucking Goya family. Uh, And she's like, because I gave the guy, the marketing director, one of my prints. I said, "Eh, I have a print. Thank you for helping me. And he hung it in his office. And then she saw it. And then she called me up and and looked through my whole thing. And she was like, I want to buy the olive oil. Because the olive oil was the first product that the father, the grandfather made. Okay. And she wanted to give it to her mother, who was the daughter of the grandfather who started the brand. And then... um. You're so, like, I burned that shit. You fucking so, gave me no, a totally, assist. No, totally. I, and I fucked your mom, okay? <laughs> I boned her mom. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. I boned your mom. I boned her mom. <laughs> and I, I sold her the print at full price. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. And charged her for framing. And then um, she went ahead and gave it to her mom for Christmas. Right. Now, her brother. Called the lawyer. Who's the CEO. <laughs> The brother who's the CEO at the company is like, where'd you get that? You know? You're like, we silenced him. And then she's like, we did this thing with this guy and he's an artist and he made the float. And then he contacted me and bought all of them. Yeah. So that cease and assist now is mute. Full price for him. So yeah, so he paid full price. Wild. Full price. So, you know, you never know. And and you got to live in the moment and you can't freak out. You know? That's a good... That's things, good advice. <laughs> things happen and you just got to be like, okay, I could fucking either freak out over this uh, or just not even give a fuck. It's uh, hard. It's hard not to freak out. I always freak out. Oh, really? I've gotten so many cease and desist. I could, uh, the, the craziest one was like Bloomingdale's because I did a Clomingdale's. Oh, that's and right. It was cute. It was cute. <laughs> and then they were like, we love your website. It's so creative. And this is, I was like, great, put me in touch with your buyer. Let's do this. And they were like, how many, how many of each 
item did you make? Like they were really like Yeah, they do big numbers. Um Nike gave me a, a cease and desist. I awesome. made a female Jordan. Nice. And I was like, did you know I'm the first woman ever to design a Nike sneaker for the Tier Zero program? And they were like, have you ever heard of Brand Jordan? I'm like, I've never heard of it. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. They were like, so they were like, I don't think you can make that shirt anymore. I was like, okay, I only made 20 of them. I mean, I didn't, but you know, (laughs) take it off the site, girls. (laughs) And Chanel, Chanel was the best one. Because oh, yeah. they were so thorough. They took a picture of everything. They scooped everything off the internet that, um, you remember the Claw Chanel shirt? Mm, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a classic. It was the, the, my first shirt from 2002. Yeah. And like everybody was wearing it. They sent me like 200 photos that they like. Yeah, and they, I was like, they were really they thorough. They don't play. Chanel doesn't play. And I did uh, a shirt that's at Coco Canal and um, they sent me a thing. Yeah. Well, there we go. We have so much in common. <laughs> We do, but you get you get nervous when you get a cease and desist. I've never gotten one. I'm just saying, I, I in in life in general, I tend to freak out first. Okay, I'm like, oh, we can't make these anymore. Maybe. Oops. <laughs> I, uh, all right, that's the end of that. <laughs> but it's, it's good advice. So, do you have plans to bring, especially because your partner is is Absolute? Correct. Well, uh, it's Pernod Ricard, the parent oh. company of Absolute. Do you have plans to bring art to your vodka brand? I do have plans to bring art to my vodka brand. Um, I'm trying to figure out what is the best way to do that um, because everything has been done. You know, like, what are we going to do? The You know, you, you paint the bottle? like uh-huh. Right. No, I know what you're saying. It's like... Etch bath. Etch bath. Etch bath the bottles. Be cool. Be cool. Etch bath would be cool. Um, you're like, how come my lips are burning when I drink? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like, how do you make it safe? I um, mean, you you can you etch it and you wash you it. You have to wash right, it, right, and, right. And, and, then, and, and whatnot. And maybe those weren't those don't be those don't get used. Well, you could do it like sneakers. You could do a limited uh, a limited release signed by the artist and yeah. make it into. A, I want to do a, this. A I want collectible wanna, item. I, I kind of want to do this. I, it was part of my like business marketing plan in the beginning it was like you know and i talked to futura and i talked to stat yeah i talked to the generals first and they're like ah i already did that and you know correct and they're like and i'm like hey but you didn't do it with me you know i give them that one yeah it's true it's like but luckily like to have that ability to go to those guys and be like yeah you didn't do it with me and then they're like, all right, you're right. And maybe, all right, I'll give, I'll think about it, Dave. You know, I have the clout to go to those dudes because I've put my dues in. Screw those guys. No, <laughs> no, those are my boys. Those are my boys. No, shout, out, shout out to uh, you Lenny know. and Josh. We just, we just interviewed Stash for the podcast. Oh, look at that. Wonderful. Yeah. Mazel. Um, I, I mean, I think there's, there's still room, especially like. When your friends are artists mm-hmm. and you do have access yeah. to sort of come up with... I have to figure out a way to do something that's extraordinarily cool. Because, you know, artists need exposure, darling. Artists do need exposure. <laughs> but I, I have to figure out how do I pay them. I don't really have... In the, vodka. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, yeah, but I like greenbacks. <laughs> I like greenbacks. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you get two T-shirts and a pair of socks and, you know. <laughs> Pack of smokes. Exposure. Exposure. It's exposure. They're like, what are you fucking high? They're like, what are you high? So what are you, what are you working on now? I am. Are you, are you still drawing two hours between 8.30 and 10.30? No, 30? no, I'm not. I, I haven't. I, like my studio got, um, they sold the building just like on, for every one of That's us. That's how they do it. And um, so I had to pack everything, and it's in storage. But I have been making separations for silkscreen pieces. Well, so, it's a, you need a lot of space to silkscreen. You do need a lot of space. So I was working on a thing, like I want to give uh, a piece to Gem Spa on the corner of St. Mark's. Oh. Because, oh, Egg Cream City. Yeah, and, and I just don't want it to, to go, you know? It's one of those things. So I, you know, I made a, a, a print for them. I just need to go make this print. You know, and are I wanna, they going to go? No, no. Uh, well, if they could get their cigarettes and, 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 and alcohol back or cigarettes and lotto back, they might be able to, with, to, to survive this kind of this, this turmoil. Um, so, I, 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 you know, I want to help them out as, be- as much as I can and offer them, you know, this piece and, and have them sell postcards or copies or whatever. Sure. Is, you know. And just donated to them because, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's a neighborhood thing and I can't, you know, we can't lose everything. Well, all three of us are East Village aficionados and Gem Spa is like the last. It's the last. Gem Spa, Ray's, Celica. Celica's not going anywhere. They own the building. Oh, well, they're. They're, they're good. They're good. But, um, you know, like B&H. That's been there for four, almost 40 years. What, the one next the little, to Stomp? The, the little cross, dairy restaurant that has soup. Yeah, 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 so good. So we lost Stage Diner, which was great. Mm. And I wish that somebody kept it. In. Do you know that diners in general are closing all over the place? Yeah. And that, that it's like the lost art of the diner. But I also think because prices, we used to go to the diner because it was cheap. Yeah. It wasn't like a regular restaurant. Well, but now you're paying you're paying restaurant yeah, prices. Yeah, yeah, cheap and open till fucking five in the morning. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Odessa's still there. Speaking of five yeah. in the morning. Yeah, Odessa's uh, still there. Speaking of disco fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Um, Kiev. Yes. Best, best pierogues. Yes, Kiev. Teresa's. Yes. Um, what was the Polish place that was downstairs oh. ben- below uh, McDonald's? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that was, was so the spot. Bigos. Yes. They had Bigos. Bigos. <laughs> what the, was the name of that place? It was so fucking cheap. That was like four bucks. It was the best. What was that? Oh, I love that. Polonia. Yes. Polonia. Polonia. No, Polonia was across the street. Was it? It was across the street. I know the yeah, place, yeah. though. That, like, I remember yes, the spot. Yeah, yeah, that it's was the, the one spot. that's two doors from McDonald's. Yes. And you go, you go downstairs. Down yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like a... I think it's a Japanese restaurant. Oh, I never, I never entered that place without a vicious hangover. Oh, I mean, but <laughs> you like pierogies were the perfect hangover yeah, food. It was great. You went sitting in the butter with the, the starch. It was so good. Mmm, mm. sour uh, like sour, sour cream and applesauce. Mm. Oy vey. bring it back. Oh, it sounds delicious. I think doesn't I'm gonna it? get that for lunch. Got a good mm. green point. The only thing that really works in uh. retail right now <laughs> is the the. Um, the, the the pop-up or holiday thing like when it's like multiple brands and it's yeah. just right just before the holiday and people are in the, I gotta buy I gotta buy I agree with you I think because because it's exciting it's new you leave 
feeling like you got something special. You had access to something that other people didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not going to be there. That's the other thing. And that's the other you thing. You get it, one cha- chance. It, 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 you, it, you might get two days. Yeah. You know, and it's like 300 bucks. You got a table. Put your tchotchkes out. Right. You know, and, and get your hustle on. And most people, that's attractive. And you could make in two days, you know. Ugh, can you imagine schlepping? <laughs> Oh, your shit. Yeah. Ugh, I just fucking did one. Table. Ugh. I just, well, I just did one in, in Albee Square Mall, and um, it was wonderful. Well, what were you selling? Vodka. Oh, vodka. Well, that, I mean. And it was great. Captured audience, and, you know. <laughs> it was literally the best thing. I had so much fun because I, like, this woman, you know, we met via, I got connected. To, to, she has a... um. Uh, what do you call it? Bloody Mary mix? Ooh. And I was like, we should do this and we should be next to each other and we should fucking. You should mix cocktails. And we just totally had totally. it where people come in and my, her table and my table. There and we go. were like, here's the sample. Here's the, put it together. Ooh. And people, and then we're like, buy the package, you know, buy mine, buy hers. Two great tastes that taste great together. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Indeed. It was, it was like that. And I had a great time. I can imagine, like, alcohol, it's, um, you know, it's a different selling. Um, it sells itself, baby. Yeah, it sells <laughs> itself. But also, like, you're like, hey, like, this is a chance meeting. I'm introduced to this vodka. I'm super excited. I feel like commodity, like fashion. It. Like it that has lost its sparkle, mm-hmm. kind of. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's it's really a shame that these brands now sort of like they control nightlife and activities and parties and it's all sort of brand focused. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, odd. It is all There's a lack focused. of culture. Like we all used to roll to an art show and like or go see a band or like do something like I mean I didn't think it was cultural at the time, but now uh let's go to uh the new the Sam's- Mi- Mitchell and Ness uh pop up or what you yeah. know what I mean? And you're like this, really? And it's like titled after the brand. It's like the Samsung. Da-da-da-da-da. Right, right, right. Yeah, you totally. know, and they have free beer from Heineken. Shout out to Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> and Heineken. And Heineken. <laughs> it's really funny, but but yeah, there isn't. It, it isn't like oh, I'm going to save the robots or oh, I'm going to Mars. Well, there's no right, there's there, no, but there's no clubs. There's no clubs. So what do the I often talk about this, about youth culture being so, um, what I think lacking like a creative spark to it. What, what I came to the conclusion was, you know, when we were kids, uh, like the kids that, um, bought sneakers, the collector sneakers and slept online overnight, that was the club. That was the right, modern that cha- day. That changed, right? That changed the whole sort of accessibility to c- clothing and shoes. It changed the perception of what, how you shopped, and it's this weird tribalism. It is that right. So people now that like church 
and religion is so you know it's kind of like, out of business. Right, right. It's so too much stu- touching. So fucking stupid. All right, <laughs> too much touching. Too much touching. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's touching. I don't know, guys. You guys are touching over here. You don't touch me. Move over. It's alive and well in the Midwest. But people, right, right. That's true. But That's people want to be a part of a community. Yeah, and that's- and so now you buy a fucking pair of sneakers and you're like, da- you guys are down. Yeah, you're like, yeah, oh, dude, I saw you on the line at Staples waiting for the pigeon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude, remember that time when we won that line waiting for fucking new Supreme thing? (laughs) Oh, my God, and this dude got so wasted because we bought, you know, I had that pint of whatever. That Uh, is the new club. Right, but that shame, shame on, poor them. You know, and shame on, like, shame on the city for fucking shutting down nightlife. I mean, a friend of mine who I worked in nightclubs with, um, that I saw you at Stretch's 50th birthday party. Yeah. My, my girl Sophie was like, if we wanted to go dancing, where would we go? I have no Because we used to fucking whoop you, it up. You, where you, would you go, Brad? Right now? There's, I, I mean, besides your house. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero idea where. Anything. Where do you fucking go dancing? That's the thing. There's, I don't know. I heard that there's new things happening. And because we're old and we are kind of out of touch. Okay. Um, there are new things that are happening. I heard that there's some new venue at Brooklyn Navy Yard. Okay, so Brooklyn's where it's Ooh. at. Brooklyn is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Bushwick, Brooklyn Navy Yard. You well, know, yeah, there Bushwick, these, you can. There are these. You can dance. You can get. You can you boogie can in. Bo- in yeah, you can boogie in Bushwick. You can get sure. your boogie on okay. in Bushwick, and um, that's where all the young generations are. Where Manhattan used to be the thing. But well, Manhattan, it was cheap. We all lived downtown because it was cheap. Yeah. Moved to the East Village. I had fucking Let apartment for $400. You, sure, you had to shoot in the hallway, <laughs> but it was $2 for a room right after the war. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you got to step over the junkie, but it's still a wonderful apartment. <laughs> Even though, okay, so we're, we're bitching and moaning. Oh, the East Village. It's still the greatest place. Absolutely. Still the most incredible city in the entire world. I think it's, you know, because we have so much food and good stuff, mm. like, you know, you could come out of the house and get anything that you want to eat on the planet. It's in true. Our, in the East Village. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, you could go Ethiopian, you could fucking Mexican, you could go whatever. Right. And it's there. It's like maybe six minute walk away. From each other. There are lots of great restaurants in these films. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's gentrified. Yeah, but you know what? Life moves on. And people are like, you know, they ask me, are you upset about gentrification? And I'm like, no. Why would I be upset? I was like, you know who should be upset are the pilgrims. (laughs) 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 You know, I was like, because, you know, this place has been getting gentrified since the Dutch got here. I was like, remember back then when it was called New Amsterdam? uh, That was great. The fucking British ruined it. Oh, my God. I was like, Call Nike right now. Tell them buckle shoes. It's all about it. As soon as those Germans showed up. (laughs) So so it's been going on for the longest time. Well, yeah. I mean, it just always happens. But it's just when it's your spots that are changing. It's so. Uh, I tell people, take a picture. It'll last longer. It's either you evolve with time or you dissolve with time. But what about being from here, growing up here, living here, working here, paying your dues here, and then literally not being able to afford to live here? That sucks. It does suck. 
And because that's what's happening. That's what that is what's happening. And you know, God bless that you know my my girl bought the apartment when she bought the apartment because we wouldn't be able to afford it. Um, it does suck, but again, life moves on. Maybe well, this, you have to roll with the punches. If you, you don't, you can't punches. be you can't be in New York. You have to be able to like keep up with the times. You got to either keep you, up with right. the times or move out or move to a state where they could. They, but where do you go? Like, where can you go? <laughs> go to a state that needs fucking to turn blue. Yeah. And fucking piss people off over there. Okay. Uh, and start streetwear. I don't want to live there. I don't want to hang out with I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, like. Start streetwear in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> they have streetwear. I know, I'm just kidding. But. Okay, so I'm I'm um, consulting for this girl's brand, and I guess it's from, like, tweens to about 14. Yeah. We shall not say the name of it. Anyway. I am like, do you guys know about the VSCO? It this was a early Instagram, yeah, filter app when Instagram had yeah. those really bad filters in the beginning. You remember those yeah, in yeah. the frames and stuff. So they had this VSCO that people would take, and the filters were better. Basically, Instagram just took them and yeah. wiped that app out. Somehow thought. that term became the term for this girl. This girl is my sister, Gabrielle Gold, yeah. from nineteen. 19- <laughs> 82 in Long Island with a fucking scrunchie and oversized t-shirt. Love it. Yeah, it's really big specific. Socks and big, yes. And yeah, my daughter and her and her friend gave me the whole spiel. It's so weird. Anyway, so, so I've been like wear... like researching it and I'm like, this is so bizarro. Right. It's so Long Island 1980s. Yeah. I they love think it's it. ridiculous. But I it's... love it. Do they wear the, the big EG socks? I mean... Can we do a co-brand with E.G. Smith? Like E.G. socks and the Cabaricis and the fucking... Dave times Claw times Brad times E.G. Smith. Okay. And the big sweatshirt. Oh, like, but it is, th- it is that. So it's like everyone says it's 90s, but really it's, it's 80s. 80s. I know. I know it's 80s. Like you're forgetting what right. it is. 90s scrunchies. Ew. That was like the worst. Like, you oh my God, that punched, bitch still got a fucking scrunchie on You would get punched in the eye. I think... Um, <laughs> I would I I mean I love that whole era. I was reading an article that how they're developing these mini brains and how they feel like they have to stop doing it because they're living a miserable life in a tank and they're like they feel like they're sentient, you know, they're Wow. And that they have to stop this whole like mini brain um research. Research and <laughs> I, I I'm like, they're making fucking mini brains? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I just thought they were like, you know, finding black holes. That's it. I, 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 you lo- I, they lost me at, like, mini goats was where I saw <laughs> like, Mini brains? I, I, I can't go that far. I was like, goat. the mini goat hopping around? Yeah. That's cute. Mini brain is like, you just went to the next I level. I mean, mini brains in a glass? Like, just like, like in the I'm comic just, books. I'm thinking Young Frankenstein. You and are. I'm, where's Gene Wilder? You know, like. <laughs> totally. <laughs> do you say Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frau Fabissina. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what Fabissina means? Oh. No. It means bitter in um, in Yiddish. So you're oh. like, uh, so yeah. So all us Jewish girls got a little extra laugh at that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Frau Fabissina. <laughs> and then the horse. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for thank joining you. us today. I, if I, we want to check out your stuff, we go to Dave Ortiz. Ooh, we go to Dave Ortiz.com. No, Dave Ortiz.nyc. Dot, oh, 
keeping it fucking New York City. I literally, when uh, that came out, I was like, there's no the way what? I'm not getting that. They're expensive, though, They're right? expensive. I, I didn't get one either. Yeah. I was like, screw this. Ben, you got to have a New York address to get it, which is awesome. DaveOrtiz.nyc. Where are you on the Instagrams? I am at 123DOrtiz. Okay. Is there an underscore? No, just D-Ortiz. Just D-Ortiz. Dortiz. For you French people. Yes, Dortiz. <laughs> One, two, three, D-Ortiz. Um, Phil Frost nicknamed me P, uh, B. Diddy because my nickname was B. Dave when I was younger. You got uh, all the nicknames, man. And it was because there was two Daves. There was W. Dave for White Dave and B. Dave for Black Dave. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How come not P. Dave for Puerto Rican Dave? <laughs> you know, we didn't go that far. You didn't go that We right. didn't go that deep. They were like, <laughs> he looks black. It's good enough. It's good enough. You did have the afro, though. You did, did have, have the, the afro. wild afro. I used to have long dreadlocks. I was, yeah. You had it all. Many, many looks. The many it's looks. Good. The many it's faces. Good to have phases. And, you know, Indeed. now I'm just a regular old guy. And if we want to find out more about your vodka. Oh, ournewyorkvodka.com. Okay. Yeah. And our Instagram is ournewyorkvodka. Obviously. Yeah. So And uh, look yeah. for it at a bar near you. Demand it at, a, it at a bar near you. Demand it at your local liquor store. That's right. Yeah. Get in there it. and pick it. Would you like to try some? Um Are y'all ready for a little sip? I'll take a I'll take a little I'll sip. Take a sip. We'll take a little we'll have a little nip. I Is have, this legal to do it on air? No. Nope. Um, <laughs> eh, see you see you next week. No. <laughs> 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 So, oh, you have backpacks? I made a box. Oh, look, he has like a... T- look, I, uh, this man is ready to go. Dude, come on. Oh, that's a nice vodka bottle. Yeah, I like the narrow... Oh, I like the little mini, like, red stripe can. Uh, well, that's dangerous. I mean, bottle. It looks like a bottle of water. It does. It I like awesome. to tell people it's a bottle of awesome water. And so what, you when you pop the top, then you have... You have a secondary closure. You have a secondary plastic closure. So clever. Here you go. Brad, here's to you, honey. Cheers. Cheers, guys. L'chaim. L'chaim. Oh, it's nice. It usually makes me wince. Isn't that smooth? Everybody who has it is always like, smooth. yo, this is a lot fucking smoother than I thought. It is like like slightly like fruity. Yes. Mm. He is a natural like sales marketing person. I'm feeling it. You feel it, Yeah. You're like, this guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, buddy, I got some good ice. I'm telling you, bone in, baby, bone in. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on your busy in your busy day. Yes, thank you, Claudia. All this right. was super fun. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, oh, boya, goya. 
<laughs> Those fucking Goya, oh, like yeah. they're fucking crazy. Those Goya. <laughs> they're like, okay, cease and desist, motherfucker. I love that, I love that story. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite part of that podcast. It's um, it's a good one. You know, it's funny. I um, took day. I was in this New York Times like tastemakers. They were like. Oh, we want Claw to be in this like this tastemaker suit, right? right? And they're like, we need a skater dude. We need a skater dude. And they wanted uh, Aaron, Aaron Bondaroff, right. and he was like out of town or whatever. And I was like, do Dave? I'm like Dave. I'm like it's my boy. He's cool. And he was the star of the interview because it was like this. Like we were supposed to be wearing fancy clothes and like eating, and they photoshopped us in. Right. So like, you know, I did my scene like eating like a turkey leg or whatever. And they popped us in. I was all these fucking asshole. I'm like, they're tastemakers. <laughs> I never fucking heard of any of these people except for, you know, Dave Ortiz. And, um, and they because it was a route about food. He had like the quote. He, I was like, this motherfucker fucking owes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you, Dave is the man. I think he's just like so charming you, and lovely. I think it's funny that you're such a tastemaker that you brought on a tastemaker that was that outtaste me. He he he, he flavor he he, he outflavored over, you. He outflavored me. <laughs> he was like, take a damn flavor off my scoop, man. <laughs> yeah, get this bitch out of here. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, that's what I do. That's I, a I testament like to, to your power. I like to shine the light on other people, nice. Brad. I don't know if you know that about me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but Dave, if you want to catch up on more Dave stuff, you should try his vodka, try his vodka, our New York vodka.com. Very good. I think they have a space to have parties. If you have Moonies. Oh yeah. Go have your party there. Give. Yes. All you little startups. Yeah. All you little startups in Flatiron. (laughs) Get over there. (laughs) And he, uh, and his art are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, D Ortiz. And it says, um, here, I'll read his bio because David, oh, David Ortiz. Excuse me. I've been calling him Dave. David Ortiz, AKA B Diddy. <laughs> if you like my artwork, contact me from my website. All work you see is for sale. There you got it, kids. Get yourself an original B. Diddy. Get yourself a B. Diddy, yo. Um, I want to find out more about DRTs. One, two, three. Go, go, go. I got to go. <laughs> I got to look at <laughs> go my Instagram and like go deep. <laughs> Get on your IG. There's plenty of places you can catch up with. Them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going there now. Bye. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, don't we have to talk about all our socials yeah. and all that? Well, and t- yours, okay. not mine. <laughs> I was trying to get into your stuff. Do you have like... We are... So I'm officially relaunching this other podcast called Going Off Track. So Ooh. Going Off Track is on Instagram and Twitter and uh, there's... May, they'll, it'll start to get active if it's not today. So that's really all I got to say for me, myself. Are you going to double dip and post stuff on Soundwag too? Because you can. <laughs> Want me to show you how to do that? Just like you <laughs> taught me how to use minus... If that account is still on active, Google, I, don't know. I can show you how to multi. I think I retweeted something recently. Really? <laughs> Look at you. Spit out your socials so we can end this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, I'm on Claw Money, yo. Claw and Co. Find me. I'm out here. 
Big thanks to the ACAST gang. Thanks Always to, hooking us up. And Bubbles. Thanks to Bubbles. Making Bubbles, music. that's the music. If you like that music. Bubbles NYC. Yeah. Instagram. Facebook. Twitter. <laughs> Reddit. Whatever. Check them out. Stream them. Yeah. Buy them. Whatever you can do. Um, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.